I want to go right into God's word, John chapter 16, and I'm going to read verse 5 through 15, and I'm going to talk to you about the precious third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And we're to walk in the Spirit, we're to uh, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Um, when Jesus comes on the scene in a person's life and we repent, we're born of the Spirit. And uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but then uh, God is a Spirit and then He does, he does want to activate us. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And I followed the course of this world and uh, the God of this world was just puppeteering and manipulating my life and I was just yielding to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, like, you know, the, the, the rank and file of everybody and then the gospel came to me. The Holy Spirit actually dealt with me and it's embedded in this, this uh, portion of scripture. So I'm just grateful that God sent his son and then uh, Jesus foretold about how good it would be that he was going to leave because he was then going to send the Holy Spirit. Let's read chapter 16, verse 5. But now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you asks, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is good. It's a positive thing. It's beneficial for the human race that I go away. This, the, the, the disciples couldn't really grasp this because they were enamored with Jesus and what he was doing, and, and they couldn't even conceive of him leaving and going away. They didn't know what was about to happen next, but he's beginning to tell us here. He says, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, everybody say the helper, the helper will not come to you, but if I go... I will send him to you. Now, you gotta, this is an amen time right here. You guys online, I know you got to get excited about this. And he, when he comes, notice it doesn't say it, it, it doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit. It, it's, it's, he, it's a, he's the distinct third person of the Holy Spirit. He's God, the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of God. And he, when he comes, will convict, convince, persuade, Deal with the world concerning three things. Sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 9, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. That's the haunting worst sin. The sin of dismissing and being in disbelief and rejecting Jesus. Concern, but he'll convict the world about that. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. By him going... Uh, he brings justification and completion, and then he's able, enabled then to impart righteousness. In the Gospels, up to this point, he hasn't been able to impart righteousness because he hasn't died for our sins yet. So these guys are on that side of redemption, but he's foretelling the Holy Spirit is going to convict the world not only of sin, but also of righteousness. Yeah. You're sinful, you're lost, it's a bad and harsh situation, and, uh, but righteousness is available. Right standing with God is available. He not only convicts the world of sin, but he convicts the world of right standing as a possibility. And then also concerning judgment, verse 11, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Now there's Jesus saying and acknowledging that Lucifer, Satan, the devil, is the ruler of the world. 
He's not in denial about that. If, the, if this weren't true, and, the, and got, Jesus could have jam-packed this with so much sovereignty emphasis uh, and say God, God's got it all in control, but yet, in God's sovereignty, through the delegation of authority to Adam and Eve, and then their forfeiture of that authority and that position by the deception of the devil, and then he, they committed high treason, Adam and Eve did, and Satan usurped that authority, and he's temporarily the small g God of this world. He blinds the minds of the unbelieving, but the good news is the Holy Spirit is convicting the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So we don't have to do that. We don't have to convince people, convict people of sin. I would go out witnessing, and there was a group, we, I, I saw it in Germany. I saw a guy just screaming at people about, about hell, and then I was at a, preaching at concerts in the, the Civic Center at Tulsa, Oklahoma when I was going to Bible school, and there was a group that, you know, they dressed like uh, black pants and white shirts, buttoned all the way up, and they were, you know, they were just harsh with people, and they, the, the heavy metal crowd just wasn't having it, you know. And in fact, it provoked people, and there were guys that got really uh, aggressive with us. And we were trying to preach the good news. We weren't trying to candy coat it. We weren't watering it down. There is a hell to avoid, and there is a heaven to gain. Uh, but the, the, the gospel is the power of God to salvation. So it's a good news orientation. Uh, and even convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment, that's the Holy Spirit's business, and he does it. And uh, he makes himself available. And he, in verse 12, it says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will, look at this, guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Boy, verse 13 ought to make you encouraged. You're not left in the dark. We're not left to, to question and, you know, get in a bunch of supposition or speculation when we know that the Holy Spirit uh, has come, and among many things, this being, you know, several of them, he's going he's gonna to guide us into all the truth. Uh, he never leads us into error. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll help us to, to go right. And Jesus, by the way, is the truth. And he won't speak of his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, verse 14. When the Holy Spirit is on the scene, he's always pointing to Jesus. For he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. That is such a great verse. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Father, I pray for it clarity tonight. I pray for joy tonight. I pray for wisdom tonight. I pray for blessing tonight on, on our ears and on our hearing and our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we got up and my wife told me she kind of didn't have the best night's sleep and, you know, um, we, she was getting ready to go to a, uh, run some errands and things and she, we were in the kitchen and she turned to me and she said, let's agree right now for this day to be everything God wants it to be. And I, I, I remember where we were in the kitchen, and I, I just got, because I know if two of us agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father who's in heaven. So she, she felt prompted, she took the initiative. Man, I wanted to join right in. And I said, so, we, so she, she and I 
prayed together, and then she went her way, and I went in uh, to the living room, and I sat down to study and prepare for tonight. And uh, I had a whole set of notes, and actually all my notes changed after that prayer. And while I was sitting there, I felt prompted to watch a message preached by a person who I trust, who I've known many years, uh, that my daughter Chelsea sent me. So I, I, I looked it up with the technology, you know, and, um, and on YouTube somewhere, and I found it, and, and, I, and I thought that was the message that she had sent me, but apparently this person preached twice at this conference, and this was a totally different message. Well, instead of being disappointed, I thought, well, this is really good. I'll listen to this one, and I'll get the rest of the other. I listened to half of the other one, and I loved half the other half of that one that she had preached. So I was listening to this message, and, uh, it, and then it reminded me while I was watching it of, a per, of another person. Then I felt, while I was in the middle of studying, I had my notebook on my lap, my Bible right here. I was watching this, and I'm going through and just seeking the Lord. Nobody's in the house. It's quiet. I went for a walk and prayed. I had some good prayer time. And uh, so then I called this person. I talked to this person in another country. We've known for several decades. And then that person, we had a great conversation, but then that person mentioned somebody else. When that person mentions somebody else, I haven't talked to for over 30 years. Boom, it dropped in my spirit. I have to call that person. Do you have their number? Yeah. So they live in, uh, you know, several, a couple hundred miles away from this other person in another country. So I hung up and then I prayed some more. I went, that's when I went and prayed. Then I came back, made the call, and it was just absolutely wonderful. And we caught up where we left off and it was a, it was a holy moment. And uh, I called to thank them for... Uh, they're opening their doors of their home and hospitality and their generosity and their leadership and to uh, uh, give, give me uh, my first uh, opportunities to preach uh, in, in uh, they, their, their trust for that. And they, he said, well, let me tell you what happened when you preached what you preached. So we went back and forth. Uh, and I, you know, I was just calling to thank him and honor him. And then, but he said, but let me tell you what happened in South America and what happened in India and what happened. And I didn't know any of this. We had lost touch with each other. So from that, from that prayer in the kitchen, in the context of kind of a rough night's sleep and kind of the potential for the day to take on some crummy tone, God shifted it. The Holy Spirit pivoted it into something very supernatural, very special. And he, I, I want to tell you, that, that's what Jesus was saying. He said, it's good that I go. It's to your advantage that I go. That, because if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. See, we had help, the help of the Holy Spirit. When we prayed to the Father in the name of Jesus, the agency of the Holy Spirit, with all his wonderfulness and all his preciousness, and all his skill set uh, just moved in such a special uh, shape-shifting way. It was amazing. And uh, it, I talked to this guy, and he, he, is, he had enjoyed so much leadership, so much impact over nations. 
But now his wife has taken on uh, some infirmity, and so they've been locked and kind of like stopped for the last couple of years. And, he, you know, with tears, you know, he said he kind of felt like he was forgotten. So God took this moment, and the Holy Spirit just, just directed this uh, in such a beautiful, finely woven, skillful way. And I just want to tell you, the Holy Spirit is such a, a wonderful, he's a helper. Jesus called him the helper. Who appreciates help? You know, when you know help is on the way, man, it's a relief. I need help. You know, and, and it's, and he is our helper. In fact, the Greek word for the Holy Spirit is paraclete, paraclete, called alongside to help. I just read in John 16, 13, he helps the world by convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. You know, we can trust him for this in the election process of our own country and all the, the mudslinging and the hate and how they, they, they start unpacking uh, 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 vilification toward each other. They save it, you know, and they wait. And then they, it, it's, it's so, uh, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, it doesn't surprise me. It's sad. You wish it would be, it's not heaven yet and it's not the Garden of Eden anymore. And uh, it's not utopia, it's dystopia. Yeah. But yet, the kingdom of God uh, is uh, intact and solid. And the Father sent his Son to redeem humanity, and, and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to equip humanity. And he led you to this service tonight. He's led you to sit where you're sitting. He orders our steps. I mean, I, I, well, I went for the walk. I ran into a guy, and God enabled me to have some uh, conciliatory interaction with him. God provided stuff. I believe there's so much potential in what I'm preaching that uh, uh, if we listen to the Holy Spirit, we'll be the better for it. And he's neither spooky nor flaky. He is the Spirit of God. He is as solid and stable as any being could be described as. He is the embodiment of that, and he is so good. He's so good. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Go to John 3, and I want to read verse, uh, a really interesting verse to you. Jesus is being asked by Nicodemus, you know, hey, we, we, we've been watching you. I've been, I've been noticing you've got these signs and wonders. You have to be from God. Nobody can, can do these signs and wonders unless God's with them. And he's trying to figure it out. And he's looking at it like, Something unusual, something special is happening here. And Jesus, he doesn't, he skips over conversation about that. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, I'm, I'm the one that was foretold it would come. He just goes right to Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, verse three, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So he goes right to the heart of the matter. Nicodemus is so carnal, so naturally minded that in his philosophical construct, he says, how can a man be born when he's old? How, can, does he enter back into his mother's womb a second time and be born? He said, that can't be done. And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, 
he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Verse 8. Now this is what I want you to, I want you to put your seatbelt on with. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from or where it's going. God, where are you coming from? Where are we going? That, to me, helps me to live the life of faith. This verse basically describes what to expect when, after the new birth that he told Nicodemus about, what your life characteristics would be like. You big planners, your life is going to be like the wind. You arbitrary, capricious ones, your life is going to be like the wind. All of our personalities, everybody, at the end of the day, there's this this amazing thing about wind. You you can't really see wind. You can see its effects. Like, um, you you can see it pushing tree branches. You can see it picking up leaves in in, in the autumn and stirring them up. You can see the, 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 the results, but you can't actually see it. Same with electricity. It's invisible, except you can see its effects and feel its effects, right? And we walk by faith and not by sight, right? So when we were in the kitchen and we prayed, we didn't just pray, oh, God, help us to have our day not to be mediocre. No, it's like we're on the adventure with you based on this verse. And it's to our advantage that you've gone because you've sent the helper. And we cry out for your help. And we weren't praying about a meeting. We weren't praying. We we just trusted the Lord. Hey, God, take hold of our day. She prayed it. It's just, just a simple, essential prayer in faith. And boy, did, did I see a great outcome just today. I mean, beautiful. It, it, this is an epic day for me. This is, this is something, and it just came out of such subtlety. It just came out of such a, now, now watch this. Now call this person. Now this person gives you the phone number. Call this person. And then, and then while you go out and you pray, I'll run you into this guy, and you can talk to this guy, and then come back. And then, and, and, and then, by the way, take all this message you worked on and skip it and preach the new message. Because, I mean, I was ready with this one. But then he downloaded this whole other message to me. So, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Those who are of the Spirit are like the wind. So the, the adventure, the, 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 the possibilities of us walking with God in this understanding. Um, with Haley, with your new baby, you know, you, 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 you don't know. I mean, here's this brand new kid, and, but, but God has a plan for that kid. And I remember when you were that age, and your eyes looked so similar. I looked at her and was like, wow, that's like mama. And, um, you know, you've got your grandpa who loves the Lord. And he got touched by God, you know, in, uh, in his youth. And then he's endeavored to pass this on. And now that's what you're doing. That's why you're here. And, and you, you listen to this kind of message, and you think, what's in this for me? It's, it, I'll tell you, there are advantages. The... the, the uh, the American Express card had, a, had a, uh, an ad campaign, uh, advantages, the, 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 was it uh, the benefits for membership? 
And um, Ed Fosnott loves this verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within in me, bless his holy name. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Um, can I tell you it's beneficial to walk with the Lord? Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. And, and these disciples are like, no, Lord. They even said, Peter said, no, Lord. Remember when Peter said in Matthew, um, no, Lord, don't go. And he said, get behind me, Satan. You savor the things of man, not the things of God. You think, How did, why did he bow up that much on that point? Because that was Jesus' destiny. This is what his mission was. And he was, had to fight with everything he had uh, uh, throughout his mission. To complete it. And when Peter said, oh, no, don't do that. Lord, it's like that's what his, his secret ambition was to suffer and die and then download this wonderful helper, the Holy Spirit, who's called alongside to help us. And um, some of these definitions in the W.E. Vines, uh, he's our intercessor. Romans 8.26 says that we don't know always what to pray about or how to pray. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. This morning, you know, my wife said, hey, she just had an inkling. And she was almost out the door. And uh, she turned around and she said, hey, let's just agree. And I, I was right there ready to go. And I, I got, she drove off and then it was like, I'm having this amazing, these amazing series of experiences. So when she came back home, it's like, hey, let me tell you what just happened. And uh, I'm not telling the details. It, it, should I tell you the details? No, you're being nosy. I'm not going to tell you. That's my story. Maybe I'm keeping it vague. Maybe I'm keeping it vague so you can maybe lean into uh, what, what's out there for me. Because this is my deal. And I, I don't even want to bore you with the details, although the details are amazing. And, um, and there was a lot of goodness and healing and blessing in it. But, but, let, but let's look at this verse. Let's look at this. Let, let me read what I just had up there. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we know not how to pray or what to pray about as we should. But look at this. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Gordon Fee, uh, Assembly of God theologian, in his book on theology, says that's clearly a reference to speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, and I agree. And uh, I actually got that under Dr. Andy Chambers at Missouri Baptist University, and he it, it doesn't operate in the gifts, but he is not a gift denier, and he actually had the book as a textbook, hallelujah, so I thought that was cool. In a Baptist school, a spirit-filled book. So if you wonder why I love the whole body of Christ, it's because you reap what you sow, and Jesus wants us to love the whole body of Christ. Yeah. Amen. So he's our intercessor. An intercessor is someone who gets in there and helps us when we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray about. So instead of feeling overwhelmed and, uh, you know, it, it, like just... just caving into the impossibility, it's like, wait, okay, yeah, but with man, all, all, things, are, all things are impossible, but with God, that's a whole other story. All things are possible. So he's our helper. He's our helper. And um, 
The last time we had an event out there, we had to pick up those sandbags and get some things moving. And the more of us there were, the faster it got done. And the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh. And um, so that he wants to deploy and activate a whole body of us throughout the world. And he wants us to uh, be energized in our prayer. And then we, we need to realize that whatever we put our hand to will prosper. That's in Deuteronomy and that's in the Psalms. And, and th- there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not ashamed of preaching that. That's not an embellishment. That's not an exaggeration. That's reality. That whatever you put your hand to will prosper. Think of it. You can listen to the Holy Spirit tonight. And he'll take from Jesus and reveal to you. In whatever season of life you're in. Maybe you can look back and remember the times the Lord's been good to you. And you can just be encouraged by that. You say, well, it's been a while since I flowed in a kind of a thing like that. And Pastor Jeff, you know, I'm trying not to sensationalize my day today, but I'm telling you it was sensational. It, It was, and God enabled me, and God helped me to overcome my own uh, reticence. God helped me to not overanalyze and then cross-examine it and then cancel it out. He, he helped me just stay with it. Just do what I lead you to do. Do what I lead. And that, that I give him the praise for. And, and because he's helping me to conform to his image, I give him the praise for that. Right? And he helped me not to yield to my, uh, my flesh and to actually connect with what the Holy Spirit was trying to do. And then there was, there was, there was good fruit there. There was, a, there, was, there was a blessing there. There's a blessing on, on the, on the, with the help of the Holy Spirit. He's our consoler. The Holy Spirit is, he comes and he comforts us in our affliction. And he's with us in, in our hard times. He's with us. He'll never leave us. He, in fact, oh, this is so good. I, I got to read this to you. Um, he, he, number one, convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Number two, he abides with us forever. Look at, look at John 14, and let's read verse 16 and 17. John 14. There's a lot in John about this. 16, it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Look at that. And he, that he may be with you forever. You know, when David prayed, oh Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me in the Old Testament. The good news is what Jesus came to bring, he's letting us know, like in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, I think verse 5, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Therefore, we continually say, the Lord be magnified, who delights in the prosperity of his people. We're confident. We're confident. I think I just put two verses together, one out of Proverbs. So let's look at, let's look at Hebrews 13.5 so I make sure I'm correct. Hebrews 13.5. Um, they're probably scrambling because I probably didn't pick the right verse. Yeah, no, that's not the right. Yeah, but the next verse, the next part of that verse. Be content with what you have. He says, For he himself has said, I will never desert you, 
Look at this. He's saying, don't get all caught up in the love of money because I'm going to always be with you. I'll never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Look at what it says in verse 6. So that we confidently say, come on, let's say it out loud. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Wow. He's our helper. And he abides with us forever. He says, I'll ask the Father. He'll give you another helper. You can ask, you know, we did that when your child needed help. You know, we were praying. We were going to the Father in the name of Jesus, instructed and led by the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit helped you out. And here we are in victory, right? And uh, we, we, as we pay attention to these things, and we, we develop understanding in these things, then we learn how to uh, yield to and be led by the Holy Spirit, and it helps us not to be manipulated by circumstances or by people. It helps us not to be uh, hyped up or, uh, or, or to just live in reluctance. I mean, when I read this verse, that those who are of the Spirit are like the wind, and you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going, it's kind of inspiring. It's like the life of faith. I can't imagine any other lifestyle. The Lord, by, by walking, since I've become a Christian, interesting things have transpired. Right? Who can say that? It's like, it's been interesting. It's not always easy. In fact, it rarely is easy. But God is always good. And even when we go through trials and all kinds of stuff, it's like we even count it all, we're required to rejoice and count it all joy because we know there's a victory in there somewhere. Right? Young marrieds, you can just work through your stuff and trust that God is watching over you and he'll help you with the covenant you've made with your mate. And he'll deliver you from temptation and he'll strengthen you and he'll grant repentance you you can't make you 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 can't make the other person repent i mean don't don't look at your mate and say don't look at your mate and say you repent you know yeah you're not the holy spirit junior right no i'm helping the holy spirit I, he's my helper and i'm helping him right now right no but we can we can trust him we can trust him you know he brings to your remembrance, what Jesus says. Look at John 14, 26. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So, for example, you could be in a situation and feel somewhat ill-prepared and somebody jumps and starts cross-examining you over something, it's like, first of all, God will help you, the Holy Spirit will help you to stay measured and tempered with your, with your emotions and have a peaceful spirit. And, um, and then he'll be with your mouth and he'll show you what to say. Who in here has ever experienced that? Uh, we could trust God for that. And in fact, reach up with the other hand and say, I'll take that. Because, man, if he'll take from Jesus and reveal to us and bring things to our remembrance, that's why, that, that's incentive for us to read our Bibles. 
That's incentive for me to watch that, that, uh, that podcast and, and, and listen to some good preaching. That's why I listen to the scriptures on my, on my uh, the Alexander Scorby uh, rendition of the, of the King James. That's why I love coming to church. I'll pop in and I'm expectant because the Holy Spirit is the teacher. So I come in with expectancy and I pray for those in, in, that are in the responsibility to speak. And I, and I actually put a demand on that anointing, on that, I, I trust, okay, God, I'm believing that you're going to, I'm going to get something from this, this tonight. And not only me, but everybody here. And as we develop and mature, we become, it's not all about us, it becomes more uh, uh, magnanimous and, 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 and considerate of the broader spectrum of people. You come in and, and, and with, you know, giant, huge breadth of prayer, God, move on everybody that's in the sound of this voice right now. Yeah. And now with the technology, with live stream, God just is moving on the nations and people all around the world can watch. Yeah. And we're, in, in Jesus' name, going to see the nations come to the brightness of his shining. And we're a city set on a hill and the light is not to be put in a bushel basket and under a bed. And he said, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and even the remotest part of the earth. You know, the ripple effect. You drop a pebble in the pond, and before you know it, if you watch carefully, the wind's not blowing, you can see the ripples go all the way to the shoreline. And that's just the physics aspect of that symbolizing the repercussive impact that can happen through the voicings of a believer full of faith and your prayers and your dedication and your walk and your fight through the struggle and your, and your endeavoring to encourage others and your endeavoring to, to, to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. They're big, big, wonderful, beautiful things nestled in obscure places. Zechariah 4 he said, who would despise the day of small things? Our modern society despises the day of small things. But we as believers have to understand that the little acts of obedience, you can have a mustard seed of faith in America could be saved. You can see whole households come to the Lord. So that's why we, you know, we're doing a, a, a fall festival to invite, to, to enrich and strengthen all the relationships in our church body as a community and support that, but also to invite the, the, the every, who, whosoever will, let them come. In, in a context that is maybe not as threatening to, to some and, and just, have some, just have some fun together and watch us do life together. Wow, you guys aren't, you know, you guys are, you're not weird. You know, that you... I'm, you know, when I found wide awake, genuine Christians, I, I was magnetized to it. And because um, he gives us a sound mind. You know, real Christianity is not weird. Real Christians are not weird. You know, he, he takes dysfunctional sinners and endeavors to help us conform to the image of his son. From dysfunctional to functional. That's really what the Holy Spirit has come alongside to help us with. 
is to help us function the way God originally had planned. We as his people would connect with him and engage with him. And it's by faith. And it's like, you, though you've never seen him, you love him. I'm betting my life on unseen realities like you are. But Moses, he endured as seeing him who is unseen. And he, he you know, we, we just keep pressing on, looking for the prize. And that's, uh, that could be flaky to some people. Some people could dismiss that, that don't understand spiritual things. So you're just in some sort of imaginary fantasy world. And we sure don't want to invest our whole lives in an imaginary fantasy world, do we? No. Uh, we didn't give, you know, go this far uh, just with some sort of silly, trivial religious notions. No. Jesus didn't come to download myth, uh, mythology and mysticism and trickery. He, he didn't lie. He said, truly, truly, I say to you. He's, when you say it twice, you know, you mean business. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And, wow. Chapter 15, verse 26. Let's look at this. Chapter 15, verse 26, about the Holy Spirit. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. Look at this. He will testify about me. I love that word, testify. And it has to do with witnesses. And um, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit. My view, my theology is that there's a distinct subsequent happening called the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you're empowered. It doesn't make you more saved, doesn't make you more righteous, doesn't get you more uh, heavenly, but it makes you equipped. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring in a huge measure into uh, each one of our lives. And uh, it's, it's fascinating what will happen as we cooperate with him. You could be at work, and you could have a complex issue post-COVID in all the scenarios, and your, your, your company has cut back on the budget and you know, some people have left and they're not coming back to work and all these variables. And you're like, God, this is way, way, I'm over my head. And the Holy Spirit is good for that. He's like, hey, I'm the glory and the lifter of your head. You know, and, and I, I'll come in and I will bring things to you. See, he brought things to me today that were related to but then not related to this moment. So while I'm preparing for this moment, God's having me, it's like the wind. The wind kind of just, it just kind of shifts direction. Here, usually the wind comes from the west at an angle over Chesterfield Valley. And it's pretty predictable, but a lot of times it'll swirl around and it'll change. And, and, you know, and it won't, you know, give me any notice on it. All of a sudden, whoa, you know, the wind's blowing a whole different way. Um, the other day, the, the jet stream dipped down all over the east, eastern states, and the western states were, uh, had the, the weather from the Gulf and the, and the south, and it was hot. Well, then it shifted, and then the, the jet stream moved over almost just right at the, at the half, and then it was a reverse of the story. 
And it was freezing cold over here, and it was unseasonably warm over here. And it's like the Christian life is like that. It's like I've had seasons where I enjoyed so much of this kind of consistent supernatural stuff, and then I've had seasons where, I, where it was just kind of still, and haven't you ever seen the wind blow 70 miles per hour and then not blow at all? And, and it's like, that's, but yet the Holy Spirit is there and he wants to teach us. He doesn't want us to get addicted to activity and he doesn't want us to get bored and dismal with uh, st what we think is just stagnant air. We, we trust him. We trust him in the stillness and in the stirrings. And we, we, we learn how to flow. This message teaches us that the teacher will teach us how to flow. Yeah. What would you have me do, Lord? Yeah. What would you have me say, Lord? I mean, I pray while I'm, so I, I get ready to talk to somebody. They don't need my opinion. They don't need a bunch of nicey-nice. They don't need a bunch of triviality. They, and then they don't need me to be try to pontificate and be ultra-profound. They just need me to be hooked up with God. And he said, I only speak what my father says. Jesus said, I don't even speak on my own volition. That's Jesus. I hear from God and I speak. It's like, it's, it's, it's amazing. So if we, if we can learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and, and, and his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Oh, this is exciting. I will tell you from what I'm preaching and just the, the, these highlight, highlighted activities uh, and predictable patterns of what and the definitions of what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to, he intercedes for us and helps us in our prayer life. I'm telling you, God's going to lead you in interesting ways to pray amazing things and preempt things. And you're going to look and go, wow. You know, I come against assassination attempts. I come against, I come against near misses on aircraft. I mean, and, 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 I, and I do as the Spirit leads, and I'm glad I have. Uh, one day we were praying at a prayer meeting. And I, I was embarrassed. I thought, this is just going to sound weird. Uh, and, and, and I was leading the prayer meeting. I was the pastor. Why would I be, have like peer pressure and feel But yet I did. But then I said, well, wait, you guys, I, I, this might sound weird, but I think we should come against near misses at the airport. And I think the next day, a guy said to me that they were within inches. A wing was within inches of a wing uh, in, a, in a landing and takeoff pattern that shouldn't happen. And God, we prayed. Remember that? You, you, you were the one that confirmed it. That was so, what was that, 25 years ago? And, but that's the same Holy Spirit that, um, that Haley, that you're, you're now, this is the culture that you, it's like, I, I don't know if I relate to this. I don't relate to dead, dreary uh, life uh, uh, without God. You know, I, that, that's why I got saved. That was, that was miserable and empty, and destitute, and boring, you know, and, but, but see, then the devil, I remember a guy named Harley Fiddler, he was a Methodist, he was a Methodist preacher that got baptized in the Holy Spirit, remember Harley Fiddler, do you ever know Harley Fiddler, anyway, he, he was a, a good man, and he said, the devil will try to get you to be as cold as a hound dog's nose, or a wild-eyed fanatic, just so long as he gets you. And he was talking to a bunch of kids that were all enthusiastic and all, you know, zealous. 
And but what he was basically trying to say is, man, don't be dead in dreary religious formalism, but don't equally don't be out in crazy, zany, uh, screaming, yelling, fanatical land. I mean, I shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. I mean, I'll run, the, I'll run around in the building if I need to, but in case I don't need to, I'll, I'll yield to something else because I want to flow with the Holy Spirit. And what God's about to do is he wants to do in your office cubicle while you're in the car, you, you know, while you're, you're, you're scrolling on your cell phone, on your contacts, and the Holy Spirit prompts something for you to do. And, you know, you... Turn the TV off. Just pray for a minute. Stuff like that. And, and those things, in obedience to those subtle promptings, that's what constitutes a quality, full, amazing life. You know, that lady, she's just picked things up. She wrote down some scripture. Lisa wrote down some scripture, and I was troubled over something. And she wrote the scripture, and it was exactly what I was troubled about. And when she gave me that verse, I was like... That's exactly what I was deeply troubled about something. And that verse, and she didn't know it. She just said, well, I'm going to give you this. I'm gonna, I've got this scripture I want to give to Pastor Jeff. And it wasn't like, here, I constantly get things for you, you know, and read, you know, do what I tell you. It was just very sweet. It's humble. It's humble. She wasn't like being all domineering or anything, but she wasn't holding back. She said, I got this in my spirit. And, and, and that's... That, to me, is the cultural distinctive of what I see in the book of Acts. Uh, I, I see power and demonstration in the context of service and love. Even when, when in Acts 19, when extraordinary miracles were wrought through Paul, he was working, building tents. And his, his work clothes, he would take his apron off or whatever, and, and his disciples, the guys with, that were following him as he was following Jesus, they, now this guy is so full of the anointing. I'm, I'm going to take this cloth and lay it on these sick people and see what happens. And, I mean, it wasn't like, let's get a giant cloth, pile of cloths, and then run prayer cloths everywhere. It was like, his, it was like uh, the anointing was on his clothes. And while he was working, while he was building tents, trying to make ends meet, that was the atmosphere. It wasn't like, Wah! it wasn't like, who can scream the loudest or run the building the longest and have the longest meetings? It was like, Accessible, available, um, subtle, and sometimes blatant. The way it went for me today, it was like this led to this, which led to this. And then my, and my wife went to her appointment, and she came. So she was gone not very long. When she came back, I said, I got to tell you what happened to me. And she's like, wow. you know, God, and, and she said, God's really... God, and she said, God's really working on you. You know, and I was like, well, wait a minute, but what about all the other stuff? Look at somebody next to you and say, yeah, God's really working on you. How's that feel? God's really working on you. Let's go back to John 16, 13, and we'll finish with this verse. Um, John 16, 13, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes... By the way, is the spirit of truth. There's a real lying tendency and trend in American civilization right now. It is sick, man. Lying. I had a guy come to me when I was a young pastor, and he was, he, I think he, was a, he managed a nightclub, and he was, you know, a handsome, suave guy, and 
he, um, he came in and he said, man, I said, what, what can I do for you? And he said, I, I'm really troubled. I said, what's up? He goes, I, I've become a compulsive liar. I went, okay. And he goes, and then he got with tears in his eyes. He said, I don't even believe myself anymore. And I listened to him. I thought, well, he's so repentant. The Holy Spirit was dealing with him. He wanted to get out of it. He immediately admitted what he was doing. But what really alarmed me, and I never forgot it, because we prayed and he got victory. But what alarmed me was what he said, that I don't, I've gotten to a point where I can't even discern between the truth and a lie now because I've worked this, I've worked this thing so much that I've, I've become entrenched in lying. And, uh, but yet the Holy Spirit will straighten that out. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you, he will disclose to you what is to come.